It's Wednesday, April 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Monocle Supernova, Matt Argusinger, and the head of Fool.com, Eric Bleeker. Happy Wednesday, Jeff. Hey. Happy Wednesday. You're the head of Fool.com? He's the head of Fool.com. He's, you know. All right. He's running the show over there. It's always evolving. <laughs> Bleeker. Um, we got a lot going on. We've got Microsoft. We've got Intuitive Surgical. We've got Google. But we're going to start with... The big story of the day, certainly the big headline of the morning, and that is Toyota, which has issued a recall of 6.4 million vehicles worldwide, five defects across five different models. And, Maddie, as we were talking before we started taping, boy, timing is everything here for Toyota because right. this just comes right on the heels of GM being on Capitol Hill last week. Not great timing. The stock down a little bit this morning, but uh, it, it, it does seem like there being more out in the open with this than at least GM reportedly was with their last one. Yeah, my my instant thought here was: is this is this Toyota just getting well ahead of the the news here? You know, they're just okay. Hey, we we, we know we, we have some vehicles with problems. Fortunately, no accidents or fatalities have been related to these. But guess what? Let's just let's just fix the problem. Let's 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 avoid the PR disaster that GM has had, um, and let's just get out there with it. I mean, it is it's still a massive recall. I think the third the third largest uh, in automotive history, six million vehicles. So. Uh, it's a big deal. I mean, and Toyota's got you know Toyota for so many years has had a reputation of you know safety quality. Took a little bit of a hit on that in two thousand nine. It's going to take a little bit of a hit now as well. Um, I don't know if it's enough to dent the the brand as much though. I, I think it's good for them to to go out there and be upfront with what they're doing and and you know and like as you said, sort of being open about it and being open about the problems. Yeah, and Eric, it's I mean, yes, it's a big number in terms of the recall, but. Another big number is 172 billion, which is Toyota's market cap. It's hard to imagine this having any sort of lasting trouble for the company. Yeah, I have a third big number. The place my mind went to when I saw the 6.39 million recall. How much bigger is that than the number of Model S's Tesla sold last year? 285 times larger. <laughs> okay. Fun fact for the day. That's a fun fact. But just, that's what you get by being head of fool.com. You know, all these fun you facts you and figures. You know how to do this. I'm going to turn into an upworthy headline and do that <laughs> later. So. Love it. Um, yeah, but like you said, $172 billion market cap. They were down at one point today, 5%, but kind of came back to 3%. And not to trivialize this, but one comparable I would look at was a Boeing in 2010, all the supply chain problems. If you would have bought Boeing back then, you would have a 150% return, which for a blue chip, I will take that any day. So a lot of the time for companies this large, these kinds of uh, production problems that get worked out end up just getting sorted out in the wash over time. Sticking with big companies, Microsoft has discontinued support of Windows XP. Uh, how How big a deal is this? Because it seems like for the countries for the like government contracts and that sort of thing, Eric, this seems like it would be a pretty big deal. I mentioned that I, I was on uh, Federal News Radio earlier this week, and this was one of the issues, one of the stories that came up was how, yeah, we're, we're just done with support. Um, and I'm just wondering if Microsoft is going to do for the U.S. government what they apparently did for the U.K. government, which was, okay, we'll, we'll give you another year of support, but then we're moving on. Yeah. I'll do my own apology here for another media hit. I went on, we were talking earlier, China Central TV this morning, and I couldn't hear the person who was asking me the questions in my microphone. So if you live in Beijing and saw me answering completely <laughs> random questions, 
I apologize. That's a terrible spot to be in because you're, just to set the scene a little bit, when you see someone like Eric on TV and they're in a remote studio, meaning they're not in there with the host, they are relying completely on technology. In this case, it is a little earpiece Mm -hmm. where they are supposed to pipe in the host who's halfway around the world, and you weren't getting that, so... Yeah, I had a control room, so that was <laughs> that was great. Um, I think I rambled for a minute before they cut me off. Anyways, um, yeah, so for Microsoft, you really want to look at where these problems might be centralized. In the U.S., I believe we are headed down to single digits on uh, Windows XP use. It is uh, becoming so lightly used that... Windows 8 might actually pass it, which would just be embarrassing. But, um, you know, looking at, in the U.S., it's maybe not as large a problem. In China, 70% of computers, um, or, yeah, it's, it's, it's about 50%, but 70% of computers actually use XP and have never patched before even. So it's kind of a double issue where you've got government agencies using XP, but even users who have it because so many copies are pirated, I've never even taken a patch in the first place. So you look at that, and uh, two ways of looking at Number one, they've been going this far without patches. So maybe it's not a problem. Maybe they're fine. But on the other hand, I think um, some of the attention paid to the fact that Microsoft won't be supporting it will bring kind of more malicious activity uh, to the front, at which point there is a large army of computers saying, wait, if you want to create, I believe people are calling it the Windows XP zombie apocalypse, where you could... (laughs) Basically, have all these bots be running your denial of uh, service attacks. But hey, Microsoft—they're built on security and trust, and uh, you know this is this is a pretty quick way to remove some goodwill if they start racking up the bad press. I don't know why this. I keep I just I keep thinking of BlackBerry as we talk about this. You know, it's like I, I guarantee you, there's still several hundred probably government agencies that only support. BlackBerry, yes. you know, within their infrastructure, their, their communication infrastructure, and man, it's like you know that that would be a big deal mm-hmm. if all of a sudden said, yeah, BlackBerry, well, we're not we're not supporting these phones anymore. We, ta- we touched on that uh, on yesterday's market foolery, and, and one of the things that came up was just how BlackBerry is willing to work with. I'll just stick with the U.S. government, willing to work with U.S. government agencies to say, and obviously they have good security, so they're willing to say, yes, we'll work with you. Whereas Apple, just to pick one is used to people working with them. And so when Apple goes to the federal government and the federal government or an agency is saying, we need X, Y, and Z, Apple's like, oh, oh, oh where Apple? Why, why right. <laughs> it's almost, you know, where, where does the adoption flow go? You yeah. know, is it, is it the, the platform that everyone goes to the platform or does the platform need to, be, need to go to the source? Which It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, just a couple quick things here. If you look at Apple, I mean, AT&T stopped even activating original iPhones, I think a year and a half ago, and that's six years old. XP's 13 years old, so you could say, well, a bit of hypocrisy here, but here's why I would say that. XP um, basically was used between 2001 and 2009 with no options because Vista was so terrible. And even since then, companies have just started adopting uh, Windows 7. So really, there's only been five years of choice to be able to migrate. So when you see the 13-year thing, well, this is Microsoft kind of paying for the sins of the past in a way because... People haven't been able to migrate off that whole time. If you're a Microsoft shareholder and you see this news, they're discontinuing the support for Windows XP, is it a net neutral for you? Are you happy about that, that they've moved on to other things, or does it really not matter one way or the other? 
I don't think it will matter a ton. It's just that long tail scenario of really kind of breaking trust. They Bill Gates basically established a all company. Uh, we need to get behind this. When XP first came out and had some security issues, and they really fixed this problem, and they've they've been all things considered very solid. You can lose a lot of goodwill very fast, especially in the business community, which is so important for PCs. Shares of Intuitive Surgical are down this morning. Uh, at this moment, Maddie, it is the worst performer in the S&P 500 because they warned that first quarter revenue is going to be lower than expected. How bad is this? Well, this is this is interesting because this has been an interesting two weeks for Intuitive Surgical. Last week, uh, I ran into David Gardner uh, at one point in the office, and he said, Hey, Matt, did you see Intuitive Surgical today? And I said, No, I didn't. He said, Well, we've got another spiffy pop. And for listeners who don't know what a spiffy pop is, I don't know if you've talked about it before, a spiffy pop is when a stock goes up more in a single day than your original cost basis. So if you bought, if you bought a stock a long time ago for $10, and on a single day in the future it goes up $10 that day, well, you have a spiffy pop. And so David was essentially saying, well, look at Intuitive Surgical, and I think it was up around 11 or 12% one day last week. It was up over $50. And he said, we have a spiffy pop. And that was because they, were rolling, they got FDA clearance for their new XI robotic uh, platform, which is it's been in the works for several years now. Um, Intuitive Surgical, Surgical basically comes out with a with a big upgrade every three to five years. This is their, their biggest one in a long time, and uh, there's a lot of excitement about it. There's you know this is going to sort of reinvigorate Intuitive Surgical sales. Unfortunately, though, uh, you know this week they've come out and said that actually revenue for the first quarter is going to be down. Uh, and what that what the market I think is, is seeing there is that well wait wait a second is this just how much of these new systems really going to help? I mean, obviously, we're too early in right now to, to really know. But um, the older systems are, sell- are, are just not selling at all. I mean, the, the sales are down massively there. So the question is, how much can this XI system replace all of DaVinci's older robots? Um, the, the, the question is still out on that, on that aspect. But the new system, the new XI system, is much more complex, can do a lot more, um, it has a lot more features. It can, it can do... Um, more complex surgeries like cardiovascular surgeries where Intuitive Surgical has been trying to break into for, for many years. And so um, I would say 2014 is, is really up in the air for the company. 2015 and beyond, if the XI system gains wide adoption, it could, be, it could get interesting. So today's sell-off may be an opportunity. We've talked about this before in the context of software, business software, and upgrade cycles and Companies like Microsoft and others being, a, in some ways, a victim of their own success because as computers get better, as software gets better, then if you're a business, you don't need to upgrade every year as That's you right. previously needed to. So, on the one hand, if you're a shareholder of Intuitive Surgical or a prospective shareholder, you're looking at this new FDA-approved uh, system where the the bells and whistle. Uh, version is the price tag is north of two million dollars. I think I, that's I, right. I think I have that right. So, so that's great. But on the flip side, what if you're a hospital that just got say in the last year or so, whatever was the current system, you don't need to upgrade that, do you? Right, and we and we know, of course, where hospital budgets these are the, these days. I mean, yeah, they're not, not flush. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's the question. You know, if if, if you're a hospital that owns two or three of these systems and you bought them within the last five years, are you rushing to buy this new XI system? Probably not. Room 77 is a startup company that does hotel booking software. It is backed by Expedia. But now to muddy the waters comes Google, which has licensed Room 77's software to use, presumably, Eric, with Google Maps. This is getting to be sort of a complicated little world. And and what I'm referring to is just the online travel and booking. Yesterday, we had shares of Baidu up on the reports that they were in merger talks there 
online travel division was in merger talks with Ctrip. What do you think when you look at this story with Google? Yeah, and I think for any company that relies on Google, the relationship status is always it's complicated yeah. because <laughs> they are always willing to move in and take your girl, so to say. Um, we saw it with you know already Expedia and uh, Priceline and many other comparable sites in 2010 when they bought ITA for $700 million. We've known that they were going to move out. The value of these companies isn't necessarily in doing air travel. It's a lot of other things that surround it, such as hotels. So it makes sense that Google would move in here. The question is always, Google takes a lot of experiments, and they take a lot more seriously than other ones, and they execute better on others. When they bought Zagat, 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 when they bought that, a lot of people said, hey, Yelp is dead, but they didn't execute well. And, you know, these companies are still going to be funneling large budgets over to Google each year. I believe uh, between Priceline and Expedia, it's around 5% of Google's total rip. So partially, they're always making search better due to semantic search, bringing more results in. The other day, I Googled best albums of 2013. Boom. They had albums at the top of the page with album covers. So Google's always diversifying on its own. I think if you're an investor, the important takeaway here is just that much like companies need to disclose they've got a 10% supplier, it's just as important. If your traffic is coming from Google, it's the equivalent risk. In the case of Priceline, um, well, you can look at their price uh, chart over the past three years and see how much the ITA acquisition has hurt them. Um, So I I think that they'll be okay with this. Um, But it's just something that you watch in the years ahead to see how seriously Google takes it. So a few weeks back, I I threw out my back and two weeks ago started physical therapy. And And the reason I bring this up is because it was the first time, you know, if you go to a doctor's office for the first time, or you're doing a survey online or something, and invariably you'll get the question, how did you hear about us from a friend, from a referral? This was the first time I've ever filled out a form where one of the options for how did you hear about us was Google. And that's the one I checked because I was looking for physical therapy places close to the office. As it turns out, this place is not only two blocks from full global headquarters, it's also very highly rated. Yeah. But it, it, it did get me thinking when we were when you uh, shot uh, we were shooting around story ideas this morning and, and you suggested this one. It did get me thinking about that and wondering if now this is something where businesses and obviously this is a small independently operated physical therapy business, but it seems increasingly that businesses are relying on Google and why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, Priceline, they've got their own cachet. You know who Priceline is. You've gone there for years. They have an app that you can also go directly to. The thing that scares me a lot of companies that have to, I don't want to say trick Google, but work very well within the system. One company that scares the bejesus out of me is Retail Me Not. They get about 63% of their traffic from Google, and it's because they're outranking the companies with coupons for the phrase. So, you know, Target coupon promo code. They'll outrank Target. That's probably not a good result for consumers. You know, Google would actually rather be saying you directly to the source instead of having an intermediary. It's just a few short adjustments and retail me nots, retail me gone. So um, I'm going to go tell uh, Rick Minera, as you said that. You recommended you it for that. our rule And you can use service. that little pun. You know, I, 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 I like, I'm writing it down. She is a fan. Um, what are you thinking if you're Expedia? Because talk about working carefully within the Google system. On the one hand, you're backing Room 77. On the other hand, here comes Google. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's such a small startup and it's just being integrated. Uh, I would just say in technology, kind of withholding that kind of tech, Google's going to go find it somewhere else. You can't stop this trend normally. So I guess as hard as it is, you need to embrace disruption. Uh, before we wrap up, I mentioned yesterday was free cone day. Did you get to Ben & Jerry's and get your free cone? I missed you that. You didn't? Man, All right. I forgot. What, what is your Desert Island ice cream flavor, though? Because I asked the guys this. Oh, I, I, th- I, think, <laughs> oh, I think Chunky Monkey. You only I, get one. I only get one, Chunky Monkey. Man. Chunky Monkey. Eric? On a Desert Island, it's the kind that would melt the least. Maybe Briars, because there's so much fake stuff in there now. It could last <laughs> it's like full of gelatin. Uh, so yesterday was free cone day. Today is Global Internet of Things Day. <laughs> so I turned to the global inter- I turned to the Internet of Things expert in the room, Eric Bleeker. What 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 is this yeah, and what happens? And what am I doing <laughs> to celebrate Global Internet of Things Day? I, I don't the, know. Yeah. I mean Matt Matt actually sent this to me right mm. before. So I you know to be honest with you it was it was m- literally me about 15 minutes before the show I looked at Twitter and there were people talking about the, the t- today was the Global Internet of Things Day. I had not even heard about it. I assumed you did, but the fact that you didn't I well, don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I, Eric Pelikers is the head of full. I will say for me, know about it. every day is Internet of Things Day. <laughs> so, you know, if you're not excited about it, here's what I did to celebrate Internet of Things Day. I actually got my dog a wearable activity monitor really? this week. So now I can track how much my dog's running each day, which either makes me the saddest person in the world or very ahead of the trend. What's it, is it the, like a Fitbit for dogs? Or yeah, Fitbit for dogs. I'm assuming know? there's a low Silicon jet. Valley is not a bubble. We have Fitbit for dogs. <laughs> I'm assuming that uh, there's also a, a tracking device on there so your dog can arguably never get lost. No, that's the classic we'll put in in version two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric Bleeker, Matt Argus, and guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That does it for this edition of Market Forward. The show is mixed by Heather Horton. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.